software doesn't get bored. Software doesn't get tired. It can work 24-7. And as such, it's going to be a great backstop for the creative work that you're doing and even some of the grunt work that remains. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen, your lovely host. I'm feeling lovely. Sometimes I feel lovely. Sometimes I feel not so lovely. But uh, look, it's Chicago. We're having uh, some weather changing, and uh, hopefully we're going we're gonna to get to some better weather. And also, it is another day to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. I hope your, uh, your BD is kicking butt and that your uh, marketing is out there and you're doing the right things to keep that flow of business coming in and sustainable. And uh, it's what it's all about. I mean, you can, you can bill hours, but uh, you also have to make sure that you're sustainable in the future. That's what this show is all about, continuing to bring you the best guests I can to educate and inform, give you tips and ideas tactical things you can take to the mat and improve your law practice. And guess what? Today's no different. I've got an amazing guest. I'm going to introduce Charlie in a minute. Have to thank the sponsors. They're, they're uh, putting the, the bread and the, and, the, and the meat and potatoes on the table. So I want to thank Legalese Marketing for being a great partner, helping all the law firms out there with their uh, marketing efforts, their newsletters, their uh, social media, their websites, Lawmatics, their, you know, all the integrations that I have, I, I can thank Legalese for. And of course, Money Penny, who's not only helping me on my website to answer your questions and get chatting with you to get you to me, but also they do that virtual reception, which a lot of you need to make sure that you're uh, getting those calls answered, that intake handled on a professional level. And so thank you to Money Penny. Uh, the quote of the day that was submitted by Charlie is the law best shapes your mind by narrowing it. It's kind of deep. Charlie Uniman, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here. Yeah. So why did you submit that quote? That's an interesting quote. Well, I may have mistyped the quote. It's actually uh, the law sharpens your mind by narrowing it. Pardon me if I mistyped it. No, no. It. Actually, it's my terrible handwriting. That's what uh, that was. So you got, it, <laughs> you got it right and I got it wrong. I apologize. But the law no, best sharpens your mind by narrowing it. You're right. Yeah. On. Well, I, I, you know, I, I practiced law for 38 years in New York City as a partner in various law firms. And uh, the more I practiced, the more I realized that uh, your focus becomes pretty good on what you're doing. But you do begin to develop blinders and... Uh, see the world sometimes as only a lawyer can see it. So that's the narrowing it. Uh, whether that's the only way to sharpen one mind as a, a lawyer is, is anybody's guess. But it, it served me in good stead. That quote reminds me to look around and see the rest of the world. And it gets a few laughs at cocktail parties. And, uh, and I don't know who, uh, who originated it, but I heard it 40 years ago, and I keep using it. Yeah, that's a good one. And I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, Charlie Uniman is the founder of Legal Tech Startup Focus, and some consider to be the godfather of legal tech. We're just starting that right now, by the way. Charlie, welcome to the show, and I'd love to hear your background and uh, how you got went from 38 years as a lawyer into, into legal tech space. Sure. Although I promise as the godfather, if that's what I'm going to be known as, 
I have uh, no uh, desire to make offers uh, someone can't refuse. So, so don't worry about that. Yeah, I practiced law in the city, as I mentioned, New York City for 38 years. Took me that long to figure out that I didn't want to be a lawyer. And uh, after that, I um, tried my hand at starting uh, a legal tech startup, founding a legal tech startup myself, myself with two co-founders. It crashed and burned after about a year and a half. But the reason I got into legal tech is really uh, several fold. One, when my daughter was born 29 years ago, up until then, I had been a computer phobe, uh, wrote with uh, not quill pens, but fountain pens and dictated everything. I did learn how to type in high school. But with her birth, I said, you know, this is the world she's coming into. I got to learn about tech. And I fell in love with it philosophically, scientifically. And I just tinker and enjoy it quite a bit. And I also represented startups and venture investors. So um, when I left the practice of law and the uh, late lamented deal stage startup failed, I cast about, did a few things, but finally decided to uh, try to marry the experience as a lawyer with my uh, love for technology and interest in Legal Ted. And so I founded this community four years ago called Legal Tech Startup Focus. It's a free worldwide community. Shameless plug, uh, you can go to www.legaltech.com startupfocus.com and join for free if you're interested in the world of legal tech. And I'm fortunate to say we have, as of my speaking, 2,244 members worldwide. And the aim is to help legal tech startups succeed, help their investors make money, succeed, and help the customers buy legal tech. Yeah, it's a really noble cause, and uh, and I know that it's it's just a massive group of of professionals that are all trying to better the industry and and uh, and help continue to make those improvements. But take us back to kind of like a little bit of the history of legal tech and uh, how it's evolved, even in the last you know couple of years. It's really come oh, come yeah. on stronger than ever. Well, I have joked too many times to too many people, but maybe this audience hasn't heard me yet. I'll I'll try it one more time. I like to say that legal tech is a 25-year overnight success. <laughs> See, I like it. I hadn't heard it. Uh, and, and that's because way back when, over two decades ago, legal tech was just getting started. We transaction lawyers, I was a corporate lawyer, really didn't see much of it. Litigators did see a lot of it with uh, billing uh, software and eventually e-discovery software and and finally began to widen, legal tech began to widen its reach so that others outside of litigation had an interest if they were so inclined to look at it. And yet, I was often the voice in the wilderness. I had my own love for tech, but I was the one who was saying to my partners, let's get some technology involved. And with all due respect to my several good partners over the years, many of them said, no, we bill by the hour. What are you, crazy? Become more efficient? And it's an old saw, and I think to some extent it it's still true, but it's it's waning in its impact that outlook. So we we now shift to more than five years ago. I'd say uh, about eight or nine years ago, the Great Recession hit. Corporate clients, even individual clients, began to say, "Wait a minute, what am I getting for all the money that I'm paying?" And there was some pressure finally applied: big law, medium-sized law, solo practitioners small law firms to be more efficient. And then with the pandemic, and it was a terrible thing and saddened by all the people who were lost and sickened badly, but for legal tech, it did have a silver lining. It was a lift because all of a sudden, big law firms, small, medium-sized law firms, solos were working from home. 
and using technology as they never had before. And lo and behold, from the most senior elderly partner to the brand newest recruit, lawyers were saying, hey, I can work from a desktop. I can click on these things. And lo and behold, I can get work done while I'm working from home and keep the, uh, keep the lights on, not at the office, but in my office at home and keep the money coming in. So that was a, a big change. And, and uh, I think those two factors, clients getting a little bit more careful about their legal spend and people learning by force often because of the pandemic to use technology. We now find legal tech in a position where a lot more firms and lawyers are using it, in-house, private firms, and a lot more investors are interested in putting money into those companies. Yeah, it's it's really amazing how fast. I mean, just going to the legal tech show a few weeks ago in Chicago and all the different booths and vendors and people and and, and just the excitement about all the new technologies and, uh, you know, from intake to how we're doing the case management and the billing and everything just getting automated. It's just making it easier than ever for people to either branch out on their own and just improve efficiency so that it's not they're not sitting doing the books or they're not sitting doing the admin or the or the the marketing it's a lot of it's getting automated so it's it was just fascinating to walk around and just see all the all the fresh ideas and all the innovation yeah that's that's right not not to say that there still aren't some bumps in the road i think that uh, lawyers particularly at uh, mid-sized larger law firms are a bit bureaucratic they are all snowflakes i like to say uh, they don't like to be dictated to, understandably. That's part of what being a lawyer is all about, some think. So it's a longer sales cycle for legal tech startups and perhaps yeah. other parts of industry. And um, there's still uh, there's still some reluctance. We'll talk about some of that perhaps later. But uh, it's a world of difference from that uh, time 25 years ago when people said, legal tech, what is that? Yeah. And so just from your perspective, like what's the most impact, impactful like aspects of legal tech when it comes to improving the way that law services are rendered, delivered, et cetera? Well, I'm, I'm most familiar with the transaction side, but I, I, uh, I have familiarized myself with some of the litigation uh, tech that's out there. Let, let's talk briefly about legal tech in, in the litigation side of the, uh, of the firm. There are companies out there that have built tech that allow a lawyer who is dealing with state court matters to be able to go in through their technology and discover all sorts of things that are collected about the judge before whom they're about to appear, about opposing counsel, so that they have an enormous leg up over what they would have, position they would have been in before that tech was available, when they couldn't have had as ready access on a screen to the information about the judge and about opposing counsel that they can get now with just a few clicks. And, and as I say, and we'll say perhaps again later, if, if you're not using that and your opposing counsel is, I dare say you're behind the eight ball a bit. On the transaction side, I drafted and my junior lawyers drafted with my supervision tons and tons of contracts. Wouldn't it be great to be able to get insights about your own precedent file far more easily? because of the way natural language processing and, dare I say, AI works in, in legal tech, get an insight into how people have drafted before, what the most uh, common uh, phrases and precedents are, learn how often they've succeeded and how often they haven't succeeded in negotiation, uh, speed up the time in a legal department in-house where you can review contracts, uh, get the job done more simply, 
and more quickly so that the sale is completed, the contract is signed and salesmen are happy. It, I could go on and on and on. But I think in terms of time to value, time to bringing value to your client, that has shortened immensely. And time to get your work done has shortened immensely too. And as I have said before, people still think of the billable hour, but it's its impact is waning. And getting work done, being able to leave and see your wife and kids, getting work done and knowing you can even do more work and bill for it is important. And that's happening too. Yeah. And mostly it's it's getting rid of the work that's non, you know, creative, right? It's it's exactly. it's, a, it's the laborious administrative side of the of the of the law that drags lawyers down. The creative stuff is the fun stuff. And and let's put to bed, put to rest the idea that except maybe for training purposes, but I have my doubts about that, that just because a senior lawyer had to go through all that baldy raw to get a deal done or a litigation handled doesn't mean that the more junior lawyers coming up have to do it. If it can be shortened and fewer mistakes made and the product gotten out the door more quickly without a 3 a.m. Leave taking of the office, then I'm all for that. And it shouldn't be, I did it that way. The younger person has to do it that way too. That's, that's not the way to look at it. Yeah. And what would be a good way for a lawyer who maybe doesn't recognize the inefficiencies that he or she has to identify the right legal tech that might solve a problem? So the people like, like before a matter comes in, maybe, you know, maybe it's the intake or if it's in, if it's the you know, the actual work that's being done day to day or the follow through on that. Anything that you add to that? Yeah, there, there's a, a, a lot of work on the web being done by others who I, I don't at Legal Tech Startup Focus create a lot of original content. I usually curate posts and others contribute to the community. But there are blogs, there are video casts, uh, podcasts where people review What's out there in legal tech? I'm going to name a few names. Bob yeah. Ambrogi is one, A-M-B-R-O-G-I, does a lot of great work on his law sites blog and his uh, Law Next site uh, reviewing legal tech. There's Richard Tromans in the UK, but uh, he reviews, that's T-R-O-M-A-N-S, uh, The Artificial Lawyer is his blog and his video channel, I believe. They they He too reviews legal tech. There are now uh, legal tech sites on the web where you can get a handle on what legal tech startups are out there and review what's being offered in the market. So yeah, there, there are numerous, you just search legal tech and, and get an idea of the commentators and the sites that are doing reviews. There's a big review site called G2, reviews all sorts of software, but it also does legal tech. That's another one to uh, keep in mind. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, get your head out of the sand and, and kind of lift it up and start asking around, follow some of the the websites and videos and, and groups that have that kind of content and talk with other lawyers, because I think they may be ahead, especially if you know, they're forward thinking to see what, what types, like I just was talking to another gentleman earlier today that he does all of his podcast production himself, and mm -hmm. he hasn't figured out how to monetize his podcast. Well, that's not legal tech, but it there's there's a solution. He just didn't know what it was, and I gave it to him. He's like, "That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I was like." Okay, so this is all that we have to do is have these conversations to start opening up that there are solutions that you may not even realize exist, and they're right there 
you just have to just have to ask or or do some research and look it up. And and one more thing on that, if if yeah. now that the COVID restrictions finally seem to be lifting a little bit, so the people are getting together face to face. Look in your area, your geographic area. There may be meetups. There may be get-togethers. LinkedIn has a number of groups devoted to legal tech and legal innovation. So if you're on LinkedIn, join the groups and read what's going on there. Two other ways to get familiar. Legalese Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at LegalEaseMarketing.com. Hi, I'm Steph from Moneypenny. We're trusted by leading law firms and attorneys to answer calls virtually, professionally and brilliantly. Our high-tech receptionist service enables us to route calls to your teams wherever they're working and even recognise and prioritise calls based on whether they're a repeat caller, a new client or a VIP. Claim your exclusive partner rates and free trial by quoting Fretzin today. And what what are some significant misconceptions held by lawyers as far as legal tech is is concerned that, you know, they might want to just maybe that it'll you say and then that resonates with them that, yeah, I have that. Well, I, I, I one one misconception that I think finally is declining, but I, I want to help put it to rest is that AI, artificial intelligence, it's all hype. Yeah, perhaps in the early days of legal tech's use of uh, artificial intelligence, better understood as machine learning, which is the variety of artificial intelligence most often applied, it was overhyped. But I'm seeing a lot of good applications, litigation-related, transaction-related, office management-related, HR-related for law firms that employ AI. And, and no, ladies and gentlemen of the bar, it is not going to result in your losing your job. Instead, it's going to be what Steve Jobs called a bicycle of the mind. It's going to be an augmentation. It's going to enable you to do the things better that you're doing now. It, it's not going to substitute for judgment and creativity, and not for a long while, if ever, will it do that. But it is, it is going to, I think, make you a better lawyer and actually have you do more of what you went to law school for. Yeah. I remember I had a contract I needed reviewing uh, with my uh, my father, the retired lawyer down in Marco Island, and he he did he had 14 pages of notes and changes to a 12 page contract. And we sat for like two or three hours at a corner bakery. And I said, are they going to agree to any of this? He said, no, not probably not any of it. But I will tell you (laughs) that that but that he loved the creativity of language and and putting things in that that would maybe skirt through. And I'll tell you what happened ultimately. And this is just a, a weird side note that I got a condo with a parking space and the, the guy who sold it to me had a second parking space. And my dad put in a provision that he had to sell it in a year, or I would get title on that parking space, which was 20, 30 grand in the city of Chicago. The guy called yeah. me like 14 months later and he's like, Hey, I'm ready. You ready? You want to buy my spot? And I think <laughs> I may have said, you mean my spot? And he got really <laughs> angry, but you know, he wasn't willing to go to, you know, to go further than that. But I mean, the creativity isn't going away, but the the boring administrative elements of it that AI can help with will probably uh, will probably make some people happy at the end of the day. And remember, software doesn't get bored. Software doesn't get tired. It can work 24-7. And as such, it's going to be a great backstop. 
for the creative work that you're doing and even some of the grunt work that remains. The other thing I want to mention as far as misconceptions, lawyers have a lot of data. Small firms, medium-sized firms, certainly large law firms. And if that can be analyzed, there are so many insights that can be gleaned that will help you transact better for your client, litigate better for your client, and run your firm better. And let's not ignore all that big data. Yeah, and so let's let's get into two more things I want to talk about. One is is lawyers adopting something called like good legal tech. Like what's what does that mean? Like good legal tech and 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 why should lawyers adopt that type of mentality? Well, good legal tech for me is not only legal tech that solves a real pain point, but one that doesn't require the lawyer who can focus immensely well on legal matters to devote a whole hell of a lot of time, pardon my French, to learning how to use the software. You know, we, we, we consumers are very familiar with the apps on our iPhone and Android phones and on our Macs and Windows PCs. And we've gotten spoiled by great user design, great user experiences. When you're looking for legal tech, you want to know that you don't have to spend hours and hours learning how to use it. It should be intuitive. It should be clear. And that goes into what I consider to be a definition of, of good legal tech. And, and the startups that are building that tech and the companies that are maintaining that tech, I think, are becoming more and more well aware of that importance. Yeah. I mean, I just interviewed Manny Griffiths with Intaker recently. He's, he was on the show a few, maybe a week or two ago. And just the thought of, of how lawyers can better communicate during, during a case, you know, you've got litigation and it drags out and you go for years. And how are you communicating? You don't. I mean, I had a lawyer represent me years ago and it, it, I went a year, maybe even a year and a half without hearing a word about the case. And I was building up angst and anxiety. And I was building up a little, maybe even a little anger and resentment at the lawyer because the, the lack of communication. So anything we can do to automate, anything we can do to simplify and automate is, is critical. Are there one or two, three legal texts that you're seeing maybe in the last year or two that you feel are really changing the game as it relates to how it's, how it's just making things simple or making things more efficient? Well, a couple of them. I, I try not to play favorites with the uh, legal tech startups who are out there and, and many of whom are members of the community. But speaking generically, there's a lot of really good work being done with uh, what's called alternative dispute resolution. You know, people, as I said earlier in the podcast, have gotten used to Zoom and, and working from their home and their desktops and not running around to places. Some of the alternative dispute resolution outfits are actually including software that allows you to conduct a, a mediation or arbitration from just about anywhere in the world, bringing all the parties together and simplifying the things that uh, otherwise would have uh, required you to be available in person. You not only save travel time, but even your handling of documents and exhibits can be done more efficiently with some of these tools. And there is an access to justice element of legal tech. You know, access to justice doesn't merely mean helping people who are indigent or who are criminal defendants, but people who can afford to pay for things and have jobs, but just can't, but are priced out of the market when it comes to really having good counsel, buying a house, selling a business, handling a divorce, handling even a bankruptcy. With tech, available, reducing the prices, uh, the, the costs, I should say, and thus prices, people who 
uh, might not have been able to get justice, the justice system working for them now can afford better to do so because the lawyers to whom they're going can lower their prices in the face of the efficiencies that they have uh, have garnered. Yeah, and it's I think it's hard for a lawyer to either compete or for a lawyer to really be their best version without getting some legal tech inserted into their space. What are your thoughts on that and 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 where you see things moving in the next, you know, couple of years? Well, I think you touched on something that I may have mentioned earlier. I think we're getting to the point where not merely as a matter of competition, knowing that your opposite number may be using tech and you feel as if you're at a competitive disadvantage if you don't use it. But virtually all of the lawyers with whom I practice over those 38 years were good people who wanted to be good lawyers, not just for the sake of making money, important, yes, but also with the pride involved in handling a matter really well. I think if not now, then certainly very soon, but I would say now, if you're not using some of the technology out there, to draft a contract, to keep track of what's going on a transaction, in a transaction, to keep track of what's going on in a litigation, to bring clients into your office with intake. If you're not using it, you're just not going to be as good a lawyer as you could be. And it shouldn't take an ethical requirement imposed by the Bar Association. It should be the self-realization that if you really want to do a bang-up job, you, can't, you shouldn't do it alone. You should do it with tech as your bicycle of the mind, as that augmenting tool. Only then can you really know that you're doing the best job. And in the best job for your client, too. I that's mean, right. that's, yes. that's that's part of part of the, the ethics piece of it is, is are you really rigorously, you know, protecting and in, in, uh, working for your client if you're not taking advantage of what's available to represent them, you know, rigorously? I can't agree with you more. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay. And also on the marketing side, I don't know if this is a wrap up point, but like, you know, the, the automations that are happening on the marketing side, I was talking to Legalese, who's my sponsor and, and my marketing agency, about how they're going to help me automate moving forward with some, some different programs they have. I won't get into the details, but where I'm able to have more touch points automated for my clients, for my strategic partners, for you being on my show. You know, I want to keep in touch with you, Charlie. I don't want to lose touch. And sometimes I get busy and I do, and I don't want that to happen. So if there's a way for me to automatically reach out to you or remind me to reach out to you, something to keep this conversation going, to keep our relationship going, because I think our last conversation was terrific. I'm enjoying doing the show with you and I don't want to lose that momentum, but there's automations that can help on the marketing side that, that could be really critical for law firms and lawyers to make sure that they're, that they're, you know, getting that repeat business, that sustainable book and, and repeat business and referrals that they've been dying to get. Yeah. And, and it could be done manually, some of this stuff, but why do it that way where your marketing efforts can combine your personality and your handshake and that good look in your eye. But, but there are tools to work your calendar, to work out as you said, keeping in touch with people to familiarize clients throughout the course of a matter uh, with what's going on. And during your busy day, you shouldn't necessarily have to remember all of this stuff. Right. Let the machines do it for you. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it'll always be a mix. I don't think it's ever going to be, you know, robots versus us, right? We get the mix, but then we just have to apply it in the spots that are going to make us more 
efficient and just better, you know, not only practitioners, but also better, you know, better at developing and keeping and maintaining relationships. I think that's something that is a, I don't want to say a lost art, but it definitely, you know, people let things lapse. It happens all the time. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think business development is, is going to become much better in getting clients coming into the door with the uh, inclusion of technology. Yeah. I used to joke, you know, if for, you know, people that are anti LinkedIn, just as an example of an automation that everyone knows and uses and is on. And I said, Hey, if you're, if you're on LinkedIn, but you're not getting anything out of it, I said, it's like grabbing your phone and throwing it in a toilet and going back to a rotary. Exactly. For those who know rotary, you have, if you, if you know, the technology can learn the technology and use the technology and realize this is so much better than anything that's ever existed as it relates to how we build our brands, how we get out content, how we share information. LinkedIn is the bomb. It is. And it, and it, no, it's a good tool to use, but it doesn't substitute for the creativity, as you put it, and the judgment that you know we lawyers and we human beings bring to the party. Yeah. And uh, someday that may happen. It's a long way away. I wouldn't worry about it. Right on. All right. Well, let's wrap up with uh, our my favorite segment to wrap things up, which is game-changing books. And you were so kind to send me your favorite book, which is Zero to One. So talk yeah, about that. That is a book that I read, I think, when it came out. I'd say five or six years ago, written by Peter Thiel, who is somewhat controversial politically, but is undoubtedly a, a successful business person. He was one of the PayPal mafia who helped to create PayPal, and now he's a major investor. And the book is is how to uh, manage a startup, not just legal tech, but but any startup. And one of the most important thoughts that he conveyed there was when when he's interviewing someone or wanting to get an idea of what that someone is thinking about, the question he asks is, what is the thing that you believe that is so contradicting to all the other conventional wisdom that's out there? And that's a marvelous question to ask. What do you believe that most people oppose and why? And, you know, for interviewing purposes and just to get to know someone, and to even um, you know probe your own thinking, it's 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 a great it's a great conversation starter and more. But the book, if if you're interested in early stage businesses, do read the book. A lot of commentary on it, but it's it's a it's a damn good read. Outstanding, outstanding. Well, Charlie, people want to get in touch with you. They're intrigued by legal tech. They're intrigued to learn more. Again, I know you gave your details earlier, but let's give them again and make sure everyone knows how to reach you and how to get you know the legal tech startup focus you know, to get to get inserted into that into that world. Sure. Well, I'm I, I welcome emails at Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E at LegalTechStartupFocus.com. And you can go join the community, the ever-growing community, I'm happy to say. It's free called Legal Tech Startup Focus by going to, as I mentioned, www.LegalTechStartupFocus.com. I, uh, I myself do some podcasts. I put out a weekly newsletter that summarizes the prior week's post to the community. Other events are in the works. And uh, if you're interested in any aspect of legal tech, particularly startups, it's what we focus on. That's what the name's about. Do join. All right. Charlie Uniman, the godfather of legal tech is the name that you've now been given. You've been chosen. I'm giving you one of these things. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. And in, in, I mean, just, I mean, we could only touch on the subject, right? I mean, in 30 minutes, it went by in a Flash. I mean, how'd that even happen? But again, you know, uh, thanks for being on the show and, and for uh, for putting your time in. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Yeah. 
Awesome, man. And, and hey, everybody, thank you for spending some time with Charlie and I today. You know, look, I hate to pat myself on the back, but uh, another awesome episode, an opportunity to to get some great ideas and thoughts on legal tech. And, and just, and, and, you know, if you haven't taken the big step in, uh, maybe take a small step in, you know, just start start paying attention. And if you've already taken the big step in, then, you know, keep on top of it because things just keep getting better and better and better and how efficient we can become. I mean, I have auto scheduling now and I've had it for the last know, year and a half and man, ooh, just that one thing, game changer. I love it. I love not having to go back and forth on dates. It's little simple things like that that just, you know, probably save me 30 minutes a day. So how can you save 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, maybe two hours a day? That adds up and that's all billable time or that's all time you can go out and build your book of business. And, and again, be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized and a skilled rainmaker. Be safe, everybody. Be well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.